you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield, uh, in transit, we believe, uh, from the East Coast. So he should be back with us later on in the week. But uh, we have survived. We have survived the regular season. Oh, I, I just know you're sporting an Expos hat. <laughs> That's, it just caught me off guard. I, I said it. It's so I, I don't wear gear of teams that I don't root for, but this team doesn't exist anymore. Right. And it's one of the best, most kick-ass logos in the history of sports. I have the... Uh, so I, I have, busted it out. I have the Expos hat, the red, white, and blue pinwheel one, which is one of Oh, yeah. See, I'm not, I, I, I can't pull that one off. This one I can I can do. Yeah. Uh, it just yeah. it caught me off guard. I'm not used to seeing you outside of like a Yankees or a I know, Cowboys yeah. I went, I went with the Expos <laughs> today because they're... You know, All right. that logo is just just awesome. Yeah, I uh, actually wore one. I think it was like a, a Nationals-Giants game once. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't like the Nationals or the Giants, but I can wear an Expos hat, <laughs> and it like sort of works. Exactly, so. because they don't exist anymore. Right, so, yeah. exactly. So uh, We have plenty to talk about. Of course, we will sort of wrap up the 2019 season, um, talk about some of the guys who were at their best, some of the guys who weren't at their best, and we'll try to figure out whether or not uh, guys can repeat or get better next year. We'll also kind of start to touch on the playoff challenge. For those of you who kind of want to do something in the postseason, we do have the playoff challenge here at NFL.com, a chance for you to kind of keep going through the postseason and uh, i believe uh, it involves a chance to win super bowl tickets if i'm not mistaken yes sir that's right so there you go a chance to possibly go to the super bowl uh if you get it right not this, this not upcoming this super bowl no it would be yes. 20 at the end of the 2020 season uh february of 2021 mm-hmm. uh it's a lot easier said than done to win this thing but we'll kind of touch on it a little bit maybe later in the week we'll kind of dive into some actual more strategy about it though. but before we get into that go behind the glass talk to our faithful producer senior edward l murphy esquire back from the east coast murph what's going on yeah guys it's uh, it's good to be back good to see uh, your faces uh what a wonderful morning to come back and record uh, this podcast yeah yeah Quite a bit of news <laughs> in my world are you happy about it though Yes, I yeah. Am. Uh, it's confusing though because obviously they fire Pat Shermer. That's what we're talking about, right? And they uh, and then they say they're going to retain uh, David Gettleman as GM, uh, according to John Maris. That he wants him to be the GM in 2020. I heard mm. mixed review. I mixed reports that he may be an advisor. He may like step down tomorrow because I believe he's doing a press conference midday tomorrow. Mm. But uh, he is staying. So it's uh, it's a weird thing where you you fire the coach but keep the GM because I feel like. You know, according to the media and a lot of Giants fans, you feel like going to give out equal blame to both. But uh, it's a strange time. But, you know, hopefully they hire Matt Rule and have the fourth pick in the draft and uh, 70 around 70 million in cap space. And we'll see what happens in uh, 2020. There are look, there is reason to be hopeful. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like the cupboard is completely bare. And the Giants are going to have some good fantasy players, man. And Daniel Jones, we talked about it. Yeah. He will be like one of the big sleepers. Yeah, sure. I mean, and Saquon ended up, you know, eclipsing a thousand yards only in what he played 12, 12 games. Saquon's going to end up being the RB1 next season. You watch. Yeah. I'm, you watch. I'm happy for it. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Would not be surprised. All right. Well, uh, in that note, uh, let's do some news.
complex through the news. Well, let's start with some of these head coaching moves. As uh, Eddie mentioned, Pat Shermer has been let go by the New York football giants uh, after a couple of years that were not great there in New York. Shermer is now out, and there was some speculation about whether or not the team would move on from Dave Gettleman, but they are not, at least for the time being. He remains the man in charge of kind of building the roster there in New York. So we'll see uh, how long that continues or what they can do for next year. But that's not the only head coaching move that we have to report. Uh, yesterday, before the evening was out, in fact, even before the Sunday night game finished. Yeah, they didn't, the, the Browns they didn't waste no any time. Browns man. wasted no time. In yeah. fact, you know, my, my dad is in town and we were sitting there watching the Niners and the Seahawks, which was a great game, oh, by the way. You're loving life. Um, but we're sitting there and at some point he looks at his phone. He's like, hey, Browns fired their coach. He's like, he, he actually knew before I did. But uh, Freddie Kitchens is out uh, as the Browns head coach. Um we're still waiting to see what the Cowboys may be doing with Jason Garrett at this point. Right. There's supposedly a meeting with the team and with the with the Joneses. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. Uh, in fact, Urban uh, Meyer. We'll see uh, a tweet from our own Jane Slater this morning says a team source tells me head coach Jason Garrett's contract expires on January 14th. So it is possible that we may not hear any word until then. It would not be a firing. It would simply be a decision to not renew. So basically, she's saying Jerry Jones might just take a knee and let the clock yeah, run out right. and not make a move. Yep. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, Ian Rappaport, our pal, is saying that the Browns, uh, now we've heard already Ron Rivera's name tied to that so, job. Well, He's also mentioning. Yes. Uh, he's also mentioned Kevin Stefanski, Josh McDaniels. You think McDaniels gets out now because the, the ship is sinking. Uh, that could potentially happen. Greg Roman, uh, Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the, the McDaniels name is interesting in the sense of he had a chance to go to Indianapolis where things are actually set up well, right? They've got yes. a good GM. And at they, that point. They've got pieces in place. Yeah, they had Andrew Luck. Right, and they had Andrew Luck at that time, right? And and he backed out of this one. Why all of a sudden Cleveland looks more interesting to him? I know he has ties, I guess, to the Ohio area, to the Cleveland area. Um, and so potentially, I guess, that has some interest to him. But mm -hmm. I don't know why the Browns would be a whole lot more exciting when he felt like the Colts weren't the place. For, but I don't know. But again, it could also be that, you know, he saw the Patriots in the middle of that dynasty still. Right. And now the wheels are falling off, um, which is, you know, heartbreaking. So he's going to so many NFL fans. So he's going to pull sure. the shoot, huh? So he could pull the shoot and pull say, the shoot and go. I'm out of here. Um, it's been fun. So, OK, so we know. So here are the, 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 the head coaching openings we got. We got the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, we've got well, Washington. Why did they even play yesterday? Because uh, the schedule I, makers said so. I mean, that that was that was nothing more than just it was a, it was a chance to pad Christian McCaffrey's oh my stats. Gosh, uh, we'll talk about that too that in was, a little bit. Ugh. So we got that. We got Washington. We've got uh, we got the Giants right now. We've got the Browns. Uh, yeah. Anybody else I'm missing? You know, we're we're waiting to see what happens with the Cowboys, but that potentially could come open. Should happen. Um, that should happen. Of those four teams, which was the most attractive? I mean, especially fantasy-wise, right? Offensively, what, the Giants, the Browns, potentially? Well, I mean, it would be the Cowboys if... If the Cowboys... Yeah, if and when. Presuming the Cowboys let Jason Garrett go. Right. Um, it would, it would that's probably them number it, one. It would certainly... And, you know, we've also seen 
lately, I mean, outside of like, you know, Denver hiring Fangio that like a lot of these teams are going with these young offensive minds. So that could, you know, that's always good for fantasy too, because what do we want? We want, we want points. Right. And getting defensive minded, uh, coaches in to lead teams doesn't necessarily equate to a lot of fantasy production, but you get some of these these young guys who have new ideas and they want to make their stamp on the league on the offensive side, that could be beneficial for fantasy fans for sure. Um, Just as an aside, mm. after, after the Oklahoma Sooners got rolled, how do you feel about Lincoln Riley potentially coming in to be the head coach? I, I, I want Urban I know, Meyer. I know you don't watch a lot of college football. Yeah, I but, don't watch a lot. Uh, but they got, I mean, they just got stomped by LSU. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, in my heart of hearts, I want it to be Jim Harbaugh, but I know that's probably not going to happen. Probably not. But oh, well, he might get run out of Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, everywhere he's gone in college, he's done pretty well. And here's the thing. And he's not like a yes man either. He's not. And also, you can bring him to the NFL and you don't have to worry about recruiting violations. You yes. don't have to worry, like, there's none of that you have to worry exactly. about. Those sort of things, you know, these kind of NCAA violations have sort of followed Urban Meyer around. You don't have that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that kind yep. of thing. There. So, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a thing we'll keep an eye on, obviously, over the next few days and weeks as teams make hires and as we see coordinators uh, kind of fall in here. And I know, Fabs, you've done stuff in the past where you, you look at coordinators and their offensive style oh, yeah. sort of try to translate it to what it means fantasy wise so that's going to be a thing we will definitely keep an eye on yep. uh, as we go along yeah no doubt i mean like and, and you know i mentioned greg roman did that not just line up perfectly for fantasy owners a guy oh yeah who who gets that job in baltimore run based system and they go out and break records for rushing and Lamar Jackson's the best player in fantasy football, aside from Christian McCaffrey. And Mark Ingram goes for uh, double-digit touchdowns and, and is a very, very valuable fantasy asset. And this is, I mean, Romans, he coached Colin Kaepernick, who was a very good fantasy quarterback under him, and Tyrod Taylor as well. So those things I matter. Mean, selfishly, yeah, look, I know Greg Roman probably wants the chance to be a head coach. I want him to stay in, in Baltimore. Like, yeah. keep him with Lamar. Like, let's – Roman – We got a good thing. Roman was with the Niners, He was. He? he was there with during Kaepernick's best years. And that's when – In fact, he was there was, – was, And Gore was – Gore was pretty decent. It Gore was, was still there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he was there for uh, for their Super Bowl run when they, uh-huh. they lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator there. And, yeah, Colin Kaepernick played some of his best football. Yeah. Frank Gore was certainly very productive at that time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we know he can make it work, and that's why, selfishly, I would say, like, just keep him in more like we we have a good thing going let's let's not break up the band just yet but um you know it's not my career that we're talking right about here. so <laughs> understandable uh some other news headlines things that uh, wrapped up the season that were interesting let's just start here since we talked about greg roman and the baltimore ravens they break the single season team rushing record i know people talk about running backs and whether or not they matter and this and that but um look man Mark Ingram was a star this year. Uh, we know what Lamar Jackson has done. But even in week 17, when they didn't have those guys, I mean, Justice Hill went out and had a very nice game. So Gus the Bus had over Gus 100 Edward yards. Had a nice game. So at least, I think, for the foreseeable future, at least as long as Greg Roman is there, we know where to go for running back help for fantasy football. The Baltimore Ravens are a place to go right no now. No question. And, you know, Ingram, I believe, is going to end up being 30 to start next season. So you don't know if he's going to hit that proverbial wall. But... I mean, he's he's going to be in the RB2 conversation once again and assuming that Greg Roman is back. But you know, this is the time where we look at these great performances by players and, you know, we, we it's it's all praise and, 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 you know, Lamar Jackson was this and that. going to be very interesting to see 
what he does for an encore. Yeah. Because a lot of times the encores are not as good. Not as good. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Mike Boone, thanks for nothing. <laughs> when I talk about running the ball, Mike Boone, who everyone in the fantasy industry was on last week, if he did this last week, I win two of the championships that I lost. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah. I mean, talk about running the ball. I mean, G- I had Amir Abdullah ranked like right next to Mike Boone in week 17 because doing week 17 rankings is uh, is just a, an awful, awful task. Um, but Mike Boone. It was huge. He had a huge day. Had a 148 huge yards and a touchdown. Day, uh, when everybody had kind of given up on him because most people were done. But I tell you, the running back position, if you look at the top scores in week 17, this is why you don't play in week 17. As a reminder of why you Boston don't do Boston Scott was second. Damian Williams was third. Uh, Mike Boone was seventh. I mean, DeAndre Washington, although a lot of us called it, was ninth. Mostert was 11th. I mean, Ryquel Armstead was 14th. Yeah. I mean, it just it it was it was just a, a landscape of yes, it was. what what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one guy who was great all year long, Christian McCaffrey. He joins the 1,000 1,000 club. Got a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. That seemed to be the only thing that the Panthers had going for. I know. Them yesterday. So that so so Marshall did it and Roger Craig did and Roger it. Right. Craig Those did. are the only two. Those are the only two that have done it. So now Christian McCaffrey is the third, and um, he's the consensus number one overall pick next season. I think so at this point. It's got to be right. Right. I mean. The the Panthers obviously are going to retool a little bit. We'll see what happens at the quarterback position. We'll see who their head coach is going to be and offensive coordinator next year. Um, but Christian McCaffrey is the offense for all intents and purposes. I mean, you know, I know DJ Moore had a nice year. Um, it looks like Greg Olson may be retiring. This this thing's going to continue to run through Christian McCaffrey. Next so year. let's see. I'm looking at his touches. So he had 287 carries. He had 116 catches. I mean, that's bananas. Right. I mean. That, that's just that's just sick. That's sick. Good. So right. doing the math, we're at 387. And uh, so, I mean, over 400 touches. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know, that hasn't been a good thing for a lot of running. A lot of running backs. That's not a good thing. I mean, he's still Larry yeah, obviously, Johnson comes to he's mind. still obviously early in his career. He's very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, too, a lot of it was catches like Larry Johnson didn't catch nearly as many passes as right. a guy like Christian McCaffrey did. So, you know, Larry Johnson was getting more of his burn as, you know, carrying the ball, taking the punishment. Right. Whereas McCaffrey's catching far more balls out of the backfield. So, I mean, he's got to be, you know, and, and our, our pal Bob Harris, who we love here, you know, he always says don't draft last year's best team. Yep. McCaffrey probably won't finish number one in back to back years. Right. So it's real hard to overlook. 471 fantasy points. I am I am going I'm looking right now at the other two guys who went a thousand and a thousand and seeing what they did the following year, right? So yeah. Roger Craig, nineteen eighty five, one thousand fifty rushing yards, one thousand sixteen receiving yards. So mm-hmm. twenty twenty sixty six in terms of scrimmage yards. Uh, also fifteen total touchdowns. The next year the rushing yards came down to eight hundred and thirty. Mm-hmm. The receiving yards came down to six hundred and twenty four. Okay. And he had seven total touches. So he had so about 1,450 Did he miss yards. any games? He did not. Oh. He did not. He played 16. Okay. So uh, he, he fell off about 600 scrimmage yards, and the touchdown number fell in half from 15 to 7. Now, Marshall Falk, um, in 1999, 2,400 scrimmage yards, 2,429, uh, 13, almost 1,400 rushing yards, which is amazing unto itself, uh, and then 1,048 receiving yards so 24 29 and 12 touchdowns the next year so this is actually kind of interesting mm-hmm. um 
The next year, he had 1,359 rushing yards. So his rushing totals really didn't fall off all that much. Uh, his receiving yards, 830, so right. down about 200 approximately. But still damn good. Still very, very yeah. good. His touchdowns went way up. Mm-hmm. So the year he won 1,000 and 1,000 in 99, he had 12 total touchdowns. The next year, he had 26 total touchdowns. So well, I mean, you know, Marshall was a different kind of guy. I mean, he's a different kind of guy. And, and the Rams at that, the greatest show on turf, I mean, was a machine that was just rolling. And also, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, between Marshall and Ladanian, yeah. those are the two best running backs in fantasy football history. Yeah. Um, so. And so, I mean, honestly, that that 2000 season might have been his best overall year. Mm-hmm. Um, the 26 touchdowns was a career high. He had almost 2,200 scrimmage yards. Uh, so I'm not saying McCaffrey won't be great. No. Because he will be. But, again, it's like it's it's the thing with uh, – and I'll give you the example of Mahomes and, and why you know I said and, and you said he's not worth a first-round pick. He's not worth a second-round pick. He's not worth a third-round pick. Uh, if, if he's in there in the fourth round, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> Mahomes had 26 touchdown passes this season. He had 50 last season. Yeah. 26. Like, and I say it every year, and it happens every time. The magical season is something you have to watch for. Because so, it's, not, it's not something you can typically replicate. So next year, does he come back with like 40? 40. So, somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in between 26 and 50. Yeah. So like you know, I, I, I would, 35 I would think so. to 40 I, I maybe. I think so. And again, it's, it, it's a new season. He's coming off a year where he had over 400 touches. I right. mean, so... um. So I, now I, I pulled up the Craig and Falk stat to see. I mean, obviously, there's only been two other guys that have done it, so there's nothing we can really yeah, exactly. glean from it. I was just sort of curious what, you know. I, I love that stuff. Was. Are you kidding me? I was just curious. And, like, you know, one guy got slightly worse. One guy got a little bit better. So yep. there's, really nothing, there's really nothing to take away from it. Exactly. The, third the good guy. thing is that McCaffrey's a young back. Yep. and But we also have to see what Carolina does with their quarterback position. Yep. We have to see what they do uh, with their head coach. It's funny, too, because, like, remember when McCaffrey was drafted and a lot of people were like, eh, this guy can't well, be a featured back. He can't and, run between the tackles. I mean, he ran power at, at Stanford, so, like, I don't know what people yeah. overlooked there, but God darn it, Trust he is me. he is just unbelievable. As somebody who watched him run over USC for years, <laughs> I knew he could run power. Did USC play already their bowl game? We don't want to talk about that. Oh, okay. We Sorry. don't want to talk about it. I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was not pretty. We'll, okay. leave it. we'll leave it at that. All right. Uh... Last bit of news here, and this one just sort of, it, it, it's, I don't even know what to say about it. Jameis Winston Ugh. made history yeah. on Sunday as Ugh. the first quarterback to throw for 5,000 yards with 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, and he got, you couldn't have scripted him getting to 30 interceptions better than what happened Yeah, a pick six. Sunday. I mean, like. A pick six yeah. in overtime to lose the game and end the season. Yep. Um. I mean, it, it. I mean, it. It's so Jameis. It is. It was perfectly Jameis. That's all I can say. That it. I will not draft him next season. Um, he got me to two championships, and then he cost me both of them because he was so bad uh, in that in that game against Houston uh, with the well, four interceptions. I can see I myself can't draft him again. I, I can can't. see myself people, talking myself people, into it. People lost years off their life. Oh, absolutely. With him this season. I mean, watching Jameis is it is a Maalox moment. Unto oh, himself. my gosh. He's the quarterback. Maalox doesn't even make anything strong enough. He's the QB five. He is sort of the the reason that I have been advocating that we've got to do something about the interception numbers uh, in fantasy like they've got to be more punitive because 
you you throw 30 interceptions and you're still the QB5, like, eh. Yeah, I threw for 5,000 yards. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I get that, but. Right, we, we, we should be rewarding points for players when they're good. When they're good, right? I mean, yeah, he, he did have games where he was spectacular. Yes. But I mean. So, but here's the thing. I can talk myself into drafting him, but I also will have to absolutely draft a second quarterback. Oh, because, oh, dude. Because there's no way I can run Jameis Winston out each and every week and expect that I'm going to be consistently successful. Because yep. for every week that he gives you 25 or 30 points, he's going to come back with like a 10, right? And that's, that's the thing you have to deal with when you have Jameis Winston. Yep. Um, I, do, do you think the Bucks move on from him? I mean, I, that's a good question. <laughs> because you can't, you can't win with that quarterback. You can't win. Not, not regularly. You can't win. No, you're not going to the playoffs and, and competing for a Super Bowl. And, and if the if the goal of NFL teams is to get to the championship, you can't get there with Jameis Winston because turnovers kill you. Mm-hmm. There's no way that Jameis Winston will lead the Tampa Buccaneers even to an NFC conference championship berth. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. They just You can't do it turning the ball over that much. So... I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, Cam Newton's going to be out there. Yeah. Right? Potentially. Cam Newton's he, he out could there. Potentially be out there. Andy Dalton will yeah. be hanging around out there for whatever that's worth. Hey, look, man, Andy Dalton helped, yeah. uh, helped the Bengals the last couple of weeks of the season. So, uh, <laughs> How about Joe Mixon? Oh, hey, giddy up. After that performance, like, I mean, is he a second round pick next season? Yeah, I think he goes back to being a second round because he was a second round pick this year. And I think midway through the season, people were regretting that. Um, then back half of the year, you're like, oh yeah, this is why I made the guy a second round pick. Yeah. So I think, I think he will fall right back into that slot next year. Mm -hmm. All right. There you go. That's uh, pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right, let's look at some of the best and worst from 2019, and we will ask whether or not some of these guys can repeat or uh, some of the guys who were bad, whether or not they can get better. Uh, some of the bad ones are going to be fairly obvious here. Uh, the top three quarterbacks, when it's all said and done for 2019, I mean, not a big surprise here. Lamar Jackson actually finishes as number one. Uh, Dak Prescott finishes as the number two quarterback. Isn't that insane? Right. And uh, and Russell Wilson slides in at number three. Deshaun Watson kind of fell out of there because he didn't play. Even Russell, uh, too, because Sunday. he was so bad, like, down the I stretch. mean, based on his previous standards, down the stretch, yeah. Right. So, um, but... <laughs> I don't have Dak in my top five quarterbacks for next season. Maybe that's well, and that was that's what I was going to ask. Right? Is like you know Dak Prescott. I don't. I wouldn't say this was a magical season for Dak. But, no. But he had a very good year. He threw the football a lot. Um. Obviously, things are going to change in Dallas next year. Yep. I mean, look. I, I think everybody's going to have Lamar Jackson pegged as a top three quarterback next mm-hmm. year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I. I can see Russell Wilson kind of hanging around that top five because that's what he does. I mean, was this was this a one-off for Dak, or is he legitimately a top three fantasy quarterback? I don't now? think he's top three. I mean, I, I, again, it, like I have the fifth spot, right, is going to go down to what your preference is from Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be those guys, and, and those guys are all going to be in the top top eight. Uh, let's put it that way. But what we want from our players is, is consistency. Um does a week 17 game against the Redskins even mean anything in fantasy? I mean, because we were not playing, but his previous three games, he was held under 18 fantasy points. Uh, he was 
he, again, that was another player who in week 16 killed me in one of my championships. He only gave me 11. Uh, in Against New England, he only had 6.8 points. So he's had big games. But there have been times where Dak has also killed you. Right. So, but again, there there can be only one Lamar Jackson, I guess, at least this season, a guy who just every week was was pumping out 20, 30 pointers um, for your fantasy team. But he's borderline top five, Dak. He's borderline top five. All right. Um. So I'm. I feel like there may be a new name that slides in here, right? And at least into the top five. Um. I'm just I'm looking right now, right? Like so, Josh Allen was six. Kyler Murray was eight. Yeah. Um. I feel like those are two legitimate candidates to possibly slide into being top five. Oh, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And and we're starting to see the young guys now like Tom Brady's not going to get drafted next year. Aaron Rodgers no. is probably going to end up getting picked outside of the top 100 for the first time. Probably. Since Brett Favre was playing in Green Bay. Right. Um, I mean, Drew Brees had a fantastic finish to the season. I don't know if he's he's probably at the end of the top 10. I haven't done those rankings yet at this point, but. Yeah, Kyler, young guy. You know, Dak is still very young. Josh Allen's a young guy. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson, obviously, you know, coming off of his second season, which was brilliant. So Deshaun Watson's also a young dude, too. So, I mean, and, and you're also seeing the, the trend of, like, you know, a lot of these guys can run with the football. I mean, right. Lamar had 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. Dak had three rushing touchdowns. Uh, and Deshaun had seven rushing touchdowns. Allen had nine. You almost Tyler have had to four. Be. You almost have to be just because of how fast – pass rushers are now right I yeah, mean, like exactly. you've got these these defensive ends that are just so watching that that Seahawks Niners game last night I mean I just kept remarking on how many times Nick Bosa was chasing down Russell Wilson right um and that speaks a lot to the athleticism of a lot of these guys on the defensive line it's nothing new but I think it's more pronounced now and I think it's hard to be a quarterback who just stands at the pot stands in the pocket and ex- expects to be successful yep um so on the flip side Baker Mayfield Oh boy! I mean, he was the biggest quarterback bust. He was a of the season. he was projected to be a top five quarterback. Yeah, coming into the season. Yep. Um, he finishes as the QB twenty. Uh, had a you know a few decent games in the last two months of the season. Um, you know, la- uh, yesterday ends up with twenty points. Even though he threw three interceptions against the Bengals, he still finished with twenty points. Um, obviously, there's going to be a major overhaul in Cleveland. He's okay. Does he get drafted next year in a lot of fantasy? I think he does. I think he'll be he'll be a QB two. Um, he'll get drafted late. I, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be sort of in that same area with. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, like, he's gonna be he's gonna be drafted in the in the same area as like you know the the Carson Wentz's of the world and the Kirk Cousins's of the world. <sighs> and um, Aaron Rodgers will go ahead of him, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean. He wasn't all that good this season either. So uh, he's going to end up being a late round pick, but it also depends on your strategy too. If you get an elite quarterback, maybe you're not going to draft a second one. And again, you know, what's the situation going to be? Uh, this is this is now his third head coach. Yeah, third, he's going to have this, his third head coach mm-hmm. uh, in 2020 in three years. So I don't know. Maybe Colin Coward was right. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Right? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, at- right? I mean, like Colin Coward. I don't know if he was rooting against Baker, but I tell you one thing. As bad as Baker was, Coward was probably, you know, he, he had yeah, he, he had an S eaten grin on his face. Like I look at him and I look at Baker and I say, look, obviously his career is just starting, right? I mean, this was mm-hmm. year two. And so there's still there's still time, but man, it, it, there were just moments when it just looked so bad. Yeah, he, I mean the offensive line was bad too. That didn't help him, so maybe they need to, you know, potentially make some upgrades there. Yeah. But that's gonna be a hard that's going to be a hard team to project because 
of the names and the potential, but then you look back at the failures. Right. And if Kareem Hunt, I, I don't know that Kareem Hunt is under contract next season. I'd have to I, look that up. Yeah, I'm not but sure. I'd also want to take a look at this, uh, and, and I'll probably do this in, in my uh, 150 fantasy facts from uh, from 2019. He was not nearly as reliable once Hunt came back from suspension. No, because he I was mean, not the, another guy who cost me a championship. Part of it was that before Hunt came back, Chubb had a, a pretty significant role in the passing game. He caught a number of passes. Yeah. Once Kareem Hunt came back, then that went away. And yes, Kareem Hunt will be a free agent. He'll be a restricted free agent. Okay. Uh, you know, whenever free agency opens. So I mean, let, let's look at the numbers. You know that that Nick Chubb put up. I mean, Kareem Hunt came back in Week Ten against Buffalo. So after that, so Week Ten, Chubb had fourteen. Then he had nine. Then he had twenty-five. He had the big game against the Miami Dolphins. Then he had eight, twelve, twenty-three against Arizona, four and five. So he was lousy more often than he was great. Right. When Kareem Hunt came back. Yeah. Um, Even though he'll end up second in the rushing title. I'm so happy for Derrick Henry. Yeah, good for Derrick Henry. What, what did the Titans not see in, like, his who first knows? year <laughs> when they, like, weren't giving him the football? What did they not see? Yeah, I – who knows? That dude is – you can't – that's like freaking tackling a locomotive. I mean, I'll, just, I'll never forget when he came through the office. Yes, he was gigantic. And, and I just, just marveled at how big he was. The guy had 18 touchdowns, rushed for over 1,500 yards, and ended up being, you know, one of the – you know, one of the five best running backs in fantasy football. And he's yeah. going to be a top five pick next season. Yeah. That's but, the thing. But, but in his rookie year, the Titans barely didn't use him. Well, because they had gone out and they had spent a lot to bring in Deion Lewis. And they felt like he was going to be the guy. And they were, I, I know they want to try to do a thunder and lightning sort of thing, especially after what Lewis had done in New England. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out. Yep. Uh, all right. So running backs. The top three. At the running back position, uh, no one's going to be surprised to hear that Christian McCaffrey was number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Jones was number two. Ezekiel Elliott slides in there and just overtakes Austin Eckler for the third spot. Yep. Um, maybe I'll extend this because Eckler, I think, is an interesting thing to talk about, the interesting guy to talk about uh, with this season. I mean, You know what I want to find out, Marcus, too? Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I wonder, I wonder if that's the fewest rushing yards a running back who finished in the top five has ever had. Eckler with his five fifty seven. Five hundred and fifty seven. I'm gonna look that up. That'll be have, in my that'll be in my one fifty five. I would I would have to think so because I mean only recently has PPR become widespread enough mm. for this to be a thing. For a while PPR was kind of a niche uh, a niche format, but now it is sort of it, it's widespread and yeah, I mean, before, if you had 557 rushing yards, you were nowhere near the top five. It just wasn't gonna happen. Um McCaffrey, obviously, everybody's got him pegged as a top three guy next year. I think Zeke, if you told if if you went to somebody and said, I think Zeke's going to be a top three running back next year, nobody is going to look at you sideways. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, is sort of an interesting case because touchdowns, touchdowns, right? 19 total touchdowns this year. That's a really hard number to duplicate. The rushing yards were fine, just over, uh, just just short of 1,100. Uh, the receiving yards were fine, just under 500. They weren't. You know, those numbers don't blow you away. It's the 19 touchdowns that, for me, makes it hard to imagine him as a top three, top five back next year. And Austin Eckler, similarly, like the rushing numbers weren't there, but maybe with Melvin Gordon out of the way, yeah. those numbers go up a little bit. 
You oh, you would think so. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, obviously they'd have to bring somebody, somebody in there too. Uh, I don't know that you would have like a a, a one and one a like you have with Gordon and Eckler, but. I mean, he proved before Gordon came back that he could end, he could be a featured back, that he can get the job done. The Chargers are a team that could end up making significant changes because Phillip Rivers is no lock to be their quarterback next right. season. And Melvin Gordon is clearly not going to be back unless there is a huge just uh, changing of opinions on him because that's exactly you know why he held out because they weren't going to pay him. And that's ultimately what he's going to want is to get, to get paid. So the, the cool thing is that if you think about it, with the – with the number of openings in backfields across the NFL right now, mm-hmm. with the kids coming in uh, in the 2020 draft and Gordon on the move, expected to be a featured back, which opens up a featured job for Eckler, mm-hmm. and David Johnson potentially ending up maybe Tampa Bay, right? So Kenyon Drake would be a featured back in Arizona. You'd have right. a featured back in, in Tampa Bay and David Johnson. It could make the running back position a lot of fun next season a lot of fun so i you mentioned david johnson right obviously this year was was pretty awful for him i mean he got hurt for a couple of weeks but then just for a long stretch of the season he was just irrelevant there in in arizona i'm not expecting him to suddenly jump back and be a top five guy even if he goes to tampa bay and becomes a workhorse there but can we see him possibly being a, a fringe RB1, a solid RB2 next year. At least have some value again. You're talking about Gordon. Uh, David Johnson. Oh, David Johnson. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, dude, if he goes to Tampa Bay, I could see him being a top 15 back. I, I mean, I said it on TV. Right. I, he had his best seasons with Bruce Arians in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he's had a lot of work the last couple of seasons. I think talent is unquestionable. Durability right. is an issue. And... If he goes to Arian, I mean, hell, Arian's just made Jameis Winston the top five, top mm-hmm. six quarterback, yeah. 30 interceptions. He's, I mean, he's a guy who who pumps out, you know, productive fantasy players. He's done it his whole career, whether he's been a head coach or an OC. So I could totally see David Johnson being a top 15 back. Doesn't mean I'm going to draft him in the top 40. Right. But I mean, it depends on where he ends up because Arizona is certainly not going to be his home uh, in 2020, at least you wouldn't think so based on the lack of usage in the second half of the season. He's not a terribly old guy, right? He just turned 28. Yeah, uh, and, and it's not ago. like he's got a lot of wear and tear. He had, like, he had, you know, the one huge year where he had a ton of work. He has two seasons. So here, here are his touch totals for his career, right? 2015, 161. Uh, and that, that year, he was mostly a special teams guy for Arizona. Mm-hmm. 2016 was his huge year. He had 373 touches. That's when he went over 2,100 yards, had the 20 touchdowns. 2017, he gets hurt in the first game, has just 17 touches for the year, misses the entire season. 2018, he comes back, 308 touches. Not a bad year. I mean, uh, 1,300 total yards, 10 touchdowns. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. Um, and then this year, 130 touches. So he's only had two seasons where he's had 300 touches. Yep. It's just not a, not a lot of work for him. So he just has to stay healthy and get That's exactly. And that, and that is, you know, that's sort of like the downfall. It's like right. he needs to stay healthy. But you didn't mention Melvin Gordon. And, and look, obviously he had the holdout, yep. which, which cost him, what, the first four games of the season, something like that. Um, he got kind of banged up a little bit. Still finishes as the running back 23. Runs hard, can be productive, can find the end zone. I keep saying I would love to see him go to, like, Houston. Houston. <laughs> Seriously. No, Houston I'm right there great. with you, dude. I'm right there with you. They don't have a, they don't have a running back that they're invested in right now. So, and, and looking at, looking at uh, Gordon's numbers, he was averaging 
15 fantasy points per game. I mean, not great. No. But you'll take it as an RB2. And also keep in mind that he was sharing some of that work with Austin Eckler. So right. Gordon, in a featured role, could he end up being a second-round pick next season? Yeah, absolutely. He's not a, He's not an old dude. No. I mean, and I would think that if, if the Texans were to do this, and, and obviously this is a big if, we don't know anything, but... Do they do they move on from the combination of Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson? Because both those guys seem like sort of fill-ins. I mean, they they were guys right. that you they added them because they had to. Lamar Miller gets hurt, right? Uh, and Miller, by the way, is a free agent. He will be a free agent coming up this year. So uh, I could see them like sort of moving on from one or both of those guys, Johnson and and Hyde, and sort of giving the backfield to Melvin Gordon, which would be just fine. It would be fine. I mean, it, it, heck. Carlos Hyde had a, he had a good season. Like, I mean, it wasn't great, but right. like people in, the, especially in the industry were like, Carlos Hyde is garbage. It's kind of like, meh. He's terrible. Like, man. Meh. And Carlos Hyde ended up having a decent season. Like, yeah. I mean, like he wasn't, you know, he didn't have the same kind of season he had in San Francisco when he was a top 10 fantasy running back, but he, he, he was, he was the running back 30 based on points. But I mean, he helped you at, at times. He rushed for a thousand yards. Yeah. So for his first ever career thousand yard season. So, I mean, it couldn't have been that bad. He certainly had some games where he really helped you this season. Yeah, he wasn't reliable, but <laughs> that was kind of the thing. Put Melvin Gordon in that spot. And Melvin Gordon rushed for thirteen hundred in that you in that offense. So. Easy. Right. You would yeah. think so. Which would man, that was helps. And not that, you know, Deshaun Watson is bad. He's been inconsistent. But man, you get Deshaun Watson, you get Nuke Hopkins, you get Melvin Gordon yeah, on dude. one offense. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty good. That is legit. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look at any guys, any guys that are outside of the top five. I mean, Dalvin Cook finishes at six. He stays healthy. He can be a top five guy. That's the big I think thing easily. Um, Leonard Fournette, who I thought was an interesting case, 76 receptions this year. Yeah. He had three touchdowns, and that's what kept him, I think, out of the top five. Which is weird, too, because you didn't go into the year expecting the catches, but you did go in expecting touchdowns. Right. You got the opposite. Right. You got, you got the, the opposite. opposite. Um, and then Alvin Kamara, who it, it didn't help a lot of people, but the last two, he scored four touchdowns in his last two games. And in his first, <laughs> in his first 14, he had two. Two. Yeah. Um, in one game. I still, I still contend that Alvin Kamara is going to slip to, like, the late second round next year. What? And late second? I'm just look. Wow. I, 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 only say I, that, I can't. See I only that. say I only say that based on my super scientific can never be wrong Twitter poll that I put out there, and the, <laughs> and the responses I got back were. I mean, I got a lot of you know. When angry. did you post it though? Did you post it like in week? I you posted know, it like, 15 when people had lost because of it. I, or? I, I might have posted it during the week 16 games, okay. right? And it's after we talked about it on the podcast like a week or so ago. I posted it, and I got a lot of understandably frustrated and angry responses back. I mean, people were like, I won't touch him before the third. I won't touch him before the fifth. Some people said they wouldn't touch him before the fifth round, which is insane to me. People are overreacting. Like, living in the moment, like yes. completely. And so maybe that's where, where I say like late second, and it may be early second, but I think he's going to end up being a draft steal next year. Yeah. I can't. I don't think there'll be a draft where he doesn't get picked in the first round that I'm going to participate in. I, may, I mean, maybe that's the case. Like, I know that end of the first round. We're saying this on December 30th, at the right? Latest, right. So, you know, seven months from now, at the end of July, 
uh, it may it may well be a different story. People are just people are hurt right now. People are frustrated and they're just sort of lashing out. By the way, he had 13 passing yards. That has nothing to do with anything. I just mm-hmm. saw that. That was interesting. Yeah. Um. So I think he could easily he could contend to be a top five. Oh, and Saquon, you know, who who was hurt for a little while. Saquon's going to be the if McCaffrey is the consensus one, Saquon will be the consensus two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he ended the, Saquon was just not right. <laughs> He, he wasn't, wasn't for a right, long time. man. I mean, the ankle, like, you don't get back from a high ankle sprain as quickly as he did right. be 100%. His final three games, he had 30 points, 43 points. Yeah, dude, he, points. I mean, he, he, won, he won championships yeah. for people who were able to sort of, you know. You could navigate. Get through the storm yeah. of him being unreliable there. You got him to the championship, and boom. Yeah. Home run. You, you, you knocked it out. So, uh, all right. Uh, wide receivers, the top three, no shock, Michael Thomas. Uh, Chris Godwin, who even you know missing the last couple games with an injury, finished at number two. Julio Jones sneaks in with a hot finish, with a hot finish, and, and gets to number three. And so I think this is sort of interesting, right? Because one, start with Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going to be the first receiver off the board. Yep. How high does he go? Is he a top three pick next year? You know me. I mean, I know you, but like I'd say, I'd say, I'd say five or six. Like I, you're gonna get, you're gonna get into like. Do I draft Derrick Henry or Michael Thomas? And then that's going to be, you know, sort of where he'll go in, in, in drafts, uh, right. depending on what people think uh, of him and, and his, his uh, you know, pers- pr- perspectives for, for the upcoming season. Um, he, he, he's going to end up being top eight across the board. Mm-hmm. He will be next season's, you know, New Hopkins, where New Hopkins was like, oh, he's the right. only wide receiver worth a first round pick. Now it's going to be Michael Thomas. Oh, it's so, absolutely. I mean, it- I could see him being a top five pick, but again, Magical season. I mean, like, so, like, he had 149 catches. That broke a record. And, you know, the Saints don't have anybody else outside of Jared Cook. That was that was a reliable option for, for Drew Brees there. Um, and imagine if they brought in Antonio Brown. Well, that would be... That would be interesting. That would be an issue. I but, am curious what they do at wide receiver in the offseason. Like, if they, you know, if they go in free agency, if they try to draft somebody. Because they do, as great as Michael Thomas is, they, they've got to get some help. They got to right. do something else. Yeah, I mean, and, and they made some moves, you know, over the last couple of years that didn't really work out for them. Um, and they're still looking for that number two. Yeah. So. Um, and so the other part, right? Julio Jones is, every year he's, you know, he's hanging around that top five. He's maybe a top three guy. And you want to talk about guys who are, are sort of roller coasters, right? I mean, he's a guy who will have the huge blow up game. And then he'll have some games that are just sort of meh. Yeah, he had a Julio season, a lot of yards, not a lot of touchdowns. Not a lot of touchdowns. Um, I mean, he would go along. He went, what? He scored touchdowns in his first three games. Had one in week one, two in week two, one in week three. And then he only had one game where he scored the rest of the Didn't season. score another touchdown until week 15 when he had two against the 49ers. Yep. And that was it. Um, I... I don't know how to value Julio Jones because the catches, the targets will be there. The catches will be there. The yards will be there. You just have to sort of manage. I think he's another, he's a guy where, and I know Graham talks a lot about roster management and draft strategy and that sort of thing. I feel like Julio Jones is that guy where you draft him. If you are taking him, say in the second round, you follow that up with say a, you maybe a Cooper cup in the next round, because you know, Cooper cup's going to be, more consistent he's going to have maybe a safer floor week to week so that way when julio has those you know not so great weeks you have somebody else to sort of balance that yeah i mean julio's going to be in that 
and that whole second round sort of uh, log jam of wide receivers that we see all the time. Mm-hmm. Like Devontae Adams might might end up going end of the first round in a 12 teamer, but you know, you're going to see Godwin's going to go in the second round and you're going to see Julio probably in the second round. Mike Evans will be in the second round. Nuke probably end of the first, beginning of the second round. There's going to be that log jam there uh, of players, the position. Uh, I think Kenny Galladay could push himself into maybe the end of the second round, the beginning of the third round. Tyreek Hill will be a second round pick as well. So uh, he, he's in there. You're not getting any younger. Right. But he's still putting up numbers. Right. Uh, Godwin goes ahead of Evans next year, right? I feel like that's yeah, that's going to be the consensus. Yes, that Godwin goes first. I, look, I, w- I would think so. And I think both. I mean, guys they were wicked good. tight. I mean, like right. Godwin. Well, Godwin averaged nineteen seven, uh, and Evans averaged seventeen nine. So it, it was close. But um, I'd say Godwin goes before him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think both. And, guys, God, and Godwin, they'll, they'll both be good. You know, he had thirteen hundred and thirty three yards and nine touchdowns and missed you know games at the end of the season. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, Evans was 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 tremendous as well. But I think Godwin will go ahead of him. Yeah. Uh. All right. Let's finish up with the tight ends here. Uh, your top three, uh, Travis Kelsey, number one, George Kittle, number two, Darren Waller. Uh, the baller. As number so he would end three. up being the best tight end value in fantasy football. Easily. Easily. Because right? I'm sure he didn't get drafted in a lot of leagues. Uh, and if he did get drafted, it was super late, yep. um, like end of draft sort of thing. So he's easily the best, best value uh, at tight end. Zach Ertz finishes uh, at number four. Um, Mark Andrews, who Mark we Andrews, all liked. Mark I mean, Andrews at five. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like Ertz. You know, if he if he plays week seventeen, he probably gets that that third spot. Whatever. Um, right. So next year, how do we feel about Darren Waller next year? I I was talking to. Is he going to play for the Raiders? Well, here's the thing. So I was <laughs> I, I like was I was on um, I was on the football diehard show with our pal Bob Harris and Mike Dempsey, two great guys, and they were asking me what I thought about the tight ends next year and if I would rank my top three. And I had as my top three. I had in order: uh, Kittle number one, Kelsey number two, Ertz number three. And they asked me about Waller and Andrews going four or five, and how would I rank them? My thought at the time was. I would put Andrews ahead of Waller just because I know who Mark Andrews' quarterback is going to be next year. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I know he's going to get those looks. I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. And yes, the Las Vegas Raiders. Boy, how many times? Oh, I'm going to mess it up. How next many year. times are we going to mess that up? I'm like, going to screw it up next year. I mean, year not only us, dude, everybody. Right. right. I mean, I still people. On People the network, San potentially call San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to screw that up. But I don't know who's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback next year. And that gives me a little hesitation about Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Is that is that fair? No, it is. I, of course, a big part of, uh, you know, the guy's value is going to be who's throwing the football to him. And I mean, Derek Carr is still, you know, he's still on contract until 2022. Uh, 2022 excuse right. Me. But who knows? Um what else is out there? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I mean, I don't know. But Waller showed, I mean, this guy, a lot of people in the preseason and the fantasy community were talking about him and he was he, he met and exceeded expectations. And I mean, right now, all things being equal, he's he's a you know top five or six tight end. No doubt about it. Right. Um, and, the, and the position, the position potentially. And, and, you know, like we said this season, said this last this year. position is driving us nuts. It's awful. It's so thin. It gained a little weight this season. It did. 
You got Kelsey, you got Kittle, you got Hooper, you got Urch, you got Andrews and Waller. Evan Ingram, I mean, he's talented as hell. He just can't right. stay healthy. Right. Hunter Henry's a damn good tight end. Jared Cook was really good again. Tyler Higby, Tyler Higby came was on an late. elite fantasy tight end in the last five weeks. Elite. Enough that he finished as the tight end eight. It's been, I know, it's bananas. He finishes the tight end eight based on essentially the last five weeks of the season. His last five weeks. Yeah. 23 points, 18 points, 23, 19, 22. So the the position maybe uh, you would think that Hawkinson makes a little bit of a leap if Hawkinson can take a step right, forward. You would think Fant makes a little bit of a leap. Uh, Mike Gesicki started we'll to make Mike a little bit of a leap, and so did Dallas Goddard. So the position Johnu Smith could end up making a leap. He's going to end up being a deep sleeper yeah, next curious, season I because I don't know that Delaney Walker is going to be back at his age and, and in the last couple of seasons he's been banged up. He's missed time. So Johnu Smith might end up being a guy who is one of those like you know. Maybe not as good as a Mark Andrews from 2019, but he could be a guy that you draft as a tight end, too, who could potentially move up into the top 12. So, which leads me to the flip side of this. Which, by the way, we didn't talk about Odell being on the bad side of this and whether or not he can be good next year. I know we're talking, we is talked he, about is Baker he, is Mayfield. He be in Cleveland? I think he will be. Yeah. I think a lot of it just depends on the, the, uh, the offensive coordinator and whether or not to get him the ball. But, Speaking of tight ends, the flip side of that was O.J. Howard, a guy that we all liked, Ugh. that we thought was going to be huge this Ugh. year, and just wasn't. Uh, really just was was persona non grata for a long time. Cameron Brait uh, ended up having a better fantasy year than O.J. Howard. The, the talent is undeniable. The opportunity just never seemed to present itself. Mm-hmm. So are we, are we going to buy back in, obviously at a much different draft price next year but do we buy back in on oj howard where's he gonna play i mean presumably he's still i mean he's still on his rookie contract right no, i know but I'm, i mean like I, and i'll do an off-season sort of wish list from a fantasy perspective of course and i, I wouldn't mind seeing oj howard go to new england interesting interesting right i mean they could use pass catchers yeah so and we know what they can do with a talented tight end he's in his final year he'll be 2020 is his final year mm-hmm. uh of his well, then they have the fifth year option because right. his rookie deer, so they have they have a fifth right, year option. Right. So I mean, that that could that could be interesting. Although again, Tom Brady's not Tom Brady anymore. But I mean, it could well, be interesting. There's also that. Um, that's that's going to be an interesting one too. Because, and I I am going to look heavily at tight end this off season, right? Because I we're all frustrated with it, right? And I just want to see if there's a way we can unlock this that we can find depth. Because I know we've talked about it, and like I, I'm I'm looking at maybe maybe twelve guys that you can start and feel comfortable with week after week. The problem comes if one of those guys gets hurt or one of those guys underperforms. I mean, can Austin Hooper do what he did this year again next year, right? And I know he was hurt for a while, but when he played... He was damn good. He was, he was the number one tight end in fantasy for a long football time. When, he, when he went down with the injury. Yeah. Yeah. You know, can he do this again next year, uh, or was this a flash in the pan, right? I mean, Jared Cook's been nice the last couple of years. Yep. But he's an older player. I mean, it, it took him a while to kind of get going. Can he continue to be productive? Um, you know, what happens when Gerald Everett comes back? Does that cut into Tyler Higby's production a little bit more? Can Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard coexist and both be productive? So yeah. these are things I think I wanted to kind of dive into this offseason and, mm-hmm. and see what happens next year. So yep. It's going to be yep. interesting. All right. We'll talk plenty more about that uh, as the offseason goes along because we got plenty of time now. Uh, and we still will be doing, at least for a while, doing two pods a week. We'll figure out what happens after the playoffs. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, speaking of the playoffs. There's no more Game of Thrones to talk about. No more Game of Thrones to talk about. I know. Like, there's, you know, Eddie was talking about this uh, a few weeks ago, like, just amongst us. Like, 
that might be the last show for a while that just captures the collective public interest. Now there's like there's so many shows on so many platforms. I know streaming Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Showtime. There's so many different shows that it's gonna be really hard for one show to just capture everybody the way yeah. Game of Thrones did. Yeah. Uh, so this might be that you know I don't know until we find something. I don't know. We'll find something mm-hmm. to talk about. Who knows? Uh, playoff challenge. If you haven't played before, just a quick rundown of how this works. Uh, it is akin to starting it to, to playing a DFS lineup, right? Where you can pick any guys on any teams that are in the playoffs. The twist to this, though, is if you maintain the same players in your lineup each week, you get multipliers. So if you start a guy uh, in in the wild card round and you that team wins and you keep him in the divisional round, you get double the points. And next week you get triple the points and potentially up to four times the points if that team or that player goes all the way to the Super Bowl. So that's the trick there. You basically want to find teams that you think are going to make a long run in the postseason with players that are going to be productive. And that is how you succeed at the playoff challenge. So We'll kind of dive into matches maybe later on in the week uh, and kind of figure out like you know who to play where and what what have you. But I'm looking at just some of the big overall questions that you know are as much about the NFL playoffs as they are about the playoff challenge. The first one seems simple. Like, is there any other quarterback besides Lamar Jackson that you're picking in this one right now? <laughs> I mean, if you want to be a contrarian, and a lot of times that's how you win. Sometimes it works in playoff challenge, right? Yeah, you, know, you want to. I mean, if you've got a team in mind, like say you're really high on the Titans and you think they can go from the wild card all the way to the AFC championship game, well, then, you know, maybe Tannehill's a, a – but, I mean, Lamar Jackson's – he's going to be the – he's going to be in every freaking will be lineup consensus outside number of one. Patriots and Chiefs fans. Oh. <laughs> hey, but even some of them, man, if they're, you know, if they're trying to win. Well, if Patriots fans want to be honest with themselves. If you're trying to win. Your team's not that good. Um, it's not that good. Then, then hey, man, you're going you're to make yeah, that happen. You guys lost to the Dolphins in Week 17. Woo! And the Packers, the Packers aren't that good either. I said that yesterday at on Twitter. Home. I got attacked. Well, Packer fan. Pa- is, Packer Nation, you're not that good. Ge- Packer fan is trying you, to you come are, to terms with some things. You are, you are a week number two seed. Packer fans, you trying are. To, they're trying to they're trying to come to terms with some things right now. You know, it's 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 not it's not what they wanted it to be. They're they're thirteen and three, but maybe not the way they wanted it to be. Right, and, and you know, you look through you look through the schedule, right? And and number one, Aaron Rodgers now look like Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he was overthrowing dudes left and right. Yeah. Now let's let's go through their 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 schedule, right? Okay, they beat the Bears. The Bears are not that good. They beat the Vikings. Okay, they beat the Broncos. They're not that good. You beat the Eagles, or you lost to the Eagles, and they're not that good. You beat the Cowboys, they're not that good. Uh, you beat Detroit and Oakland, two crap teams. Now, they did beat Kansas City in Kansas City, but was that without Mahomes? I, let's see. Let's, let's, let's pull up the box score. because That might have been without Mahomes. That might have been with Matt Moore. And if it was... You, 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 you won by. I, I feel like I, I feel like I was projecting that the you uh, won by a touchdown. That the Viking or the uh, the Packer defense was a uh, a good. Start. So then Matt Moore was the quarterback in that game. Yeah, I don't think right. I would. I don't think I would have uh, recommended that if, if Patrick Mahomes. No doubt was the starting quarterback. You lost to the Chargers, who are not that good. You beat the Panthers; they're not that good. You got destroyed. Yes, it, it was Matt Moore. By okay, the way. so so they lose that game if Mahomes is the quarterback. They got decimated by the Niners. They beat the Giants, they stink. They beat the Redskins, they stink. They beat the Bears, they stink. They beat the Lions, uh, the Vikings, eh. The Vikings are eh. You know, and then they, they barely beat the Lions, who are awful. Well, they had to come from behind to beat the Lions, too. And they were down 14 nothing to David. They were, blah. They were, they were, they were trying. By the way. Packer fans, listen, hey, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I know my team sucked 
after we lost to the Jets, I knew it. I can come out and say it, that the Cowboys are not a good team this year. A lot of talent, not a good team. The Packers get home field, and God bless them. The team that comes in there might tune them up. By the way, uh, David Blau, dude, you, you, you caught a touchdown pass. Like, don't throw the ball in the stands. I know, right? Hold on to that ball, yeah, man. Dude. Yeah, You're going to want that thing back. Yep. <sighs> so, again, so, you know, the, the NFC, I feel like the Saints – the Saints and the Niners are the teams to beat. I was going to say, wait, which team? The Saints and the Niners are the And I hope to God that we see that in the NFC Championship game and the refs don't screw it up this time. Because, well, they are. I mean, look, here's the thing. I feel like we should just start every every NFL game day and everybody just puts out there, oh, my God, I can't believe the refs missed that call tweet. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. Right? Just get out of the way early. Like, I can't believe the refs missed that call. We'll just we'll just all tweet that at kickoff and then we'll all feel better uh, when the game is over. Um. Yeah, I mean, are there any other NFC teams besides Saints Niners that you feel like have a legit shot? I mean, like, do you believe in the Seahawks? I feel like they, they're, no, they're too I don't. banged up right I now. I don't. They're too injured, man. I mean, they had to bring in two guys off the street. I mean, one of them was Marshall Lynch. But it Marshall was fun Lynch, to see him play. Yeah, I mean, we're not looking at, you know, uh, the middle of his career, sort of in his prime, Marshawn Lynch. I don't – the NFL is weird. I get it. Like, NFL – like, I, I can't see the Eagles winning a game. But, I mean, no. dude, you know, I mean, you never know. Like, I mean, you, you, you never know. But, I mean – if, if as a fan of football, there is nothing more that I would like to see than Baltimore and Kansas City and New Orleans and San Francisco in their respective conference championships. By the way, we really legitimately could get Niners Seahawks three into. Yeah, this. I know that that is a legitimate possibility. They yep. could they could be back at uh, at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara in a couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, playing for the third time this year, which would be interesting. The first two games were very entertaining, and they split the first two. This would sort of be the rubber match and yeah. see who uh, who moves on. So. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we, can, we can take a look at these matchups on Friday a little bit later in the week. I think Tennessee's going to beat. I think Tennessee's going to beat. That's going to be – I feel like that's going to be the upset special that I, everybody is going know, to be yeah, on. So which means it's not going to Which means it's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, which means it's not um, Are there any of the wild card teams? I know, obviously, you don't believe in the wild card teams in the NFC. Any wild card teams in the AFC? I mean, I guess technically the well, the Titans are a division winner, right? No, no, no. The, the Texans, Texans won the division, Texans so like the, the, the Titans potentially could could win a game or two, right? Um, that's the that's the and I said this yesterday, like I posted on. That's the one team in the AFC you don't want to play because they have a lot of confidence. Their quarterback is playing, and you guys, you guys, can, he is playing at an MVP level. He's been lights, and out. he has been for half the season. Look at Tannehill's numbers. And he has led this team to how many wins since he's been back? They've lost what one or two games one, one since he's game? since uh, they lost to the Saints. I, I don't. I'm not, I don't remember if they lost another game, but he's been playing tremendous football. Tremendous football, uh, <laughs> dude. They lost. They've lost twice. So they twice. lost. They lost once to the Texans and they lost to the Saints. So I mean, he's what seven and two or something like that as a starter somewhere in that neighborhood. It's been pretty good. If you want to go with a sleeper team in the AFC and playoff challenge, I think it's the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the closest thing you're gonna have to sleeper. They gave I, New Orleans all they could handle. They they were they they couldn't hold the lead. I mean, their defense is, is, has got some issues. I really think I'm looking at the, the Titans teams. are a team that that could that could surprise some people. I'm looking at the wild card teams, and yeah, they are the one that jumps right. Out at me. The Vikings don't jump out at me. I, Buffalo, the Bills are a nice story. 
right. I think they're they're a fun story. I think they they overachieved in a lot of ways this year, and, and credit to to Sean McDermott and and what they've done there in Buffalo. Um, I mean, the fact that they legitimately had a chance to win the AFC East. It's been a while since we've said said right. that about another team not called the Patriots. So props to them. Um, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if they win on Saturday because the Texans seem good to gag up a, a wild card round game. Yep. That just seems to be their, you know, their want. Um, but I don't know if the Bills have enough offense. I mean, I think we saw that against the Patriots a couple of weeks ago where, yeah. you know, they, their defense can keep them in games. I don't know that they have quite enough offense yet to go out and win games in the playoffs. So, I mean, you're just going all niners, right? And, and playoff challenge, you're just going all Niners? I don't know. All Niners? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I may load up very heavily on, on Ravens, right? I mean, I, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my, my tight end, yeah, it's probably going to be George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, here's the thing. The wide receivers are where you, I, I sort of run into issues, right? I mean, maybe Debo Samuel uh, on one side. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, trust. you don't want to play Hollywood, right? Like, I mean, I don't even trust, even if you really think that. you're going to get like the quadruple multiplier and he goes to the Super Bowl, but I mean, what is he, what is he going to give you? That's the thing. Is like you need him to score touchdowns because the targets just aren't there for him. The, the Michael wide, Thomas is a lock. Like, I mean, he's, he's Michael. See, that's the thing. Michael Thomas is a lock, but you. The good thing is that the Saints have this game at home in in the first round. Well, and assuming that the Packers. I think the Packers are going to. I'm. I'm just saying. I, I think the Packers are. I, I. I wouldn't play any Packers in the, in the playoff challenge. Not even Devontae Adams, huh? He's the only guy that I would consider. Well, because, maybe Aaron because Jones. I feel like they could end up getting knocked out in the because right now, I mean, obviously it depends on how things play out, but like they could play the Saints, right? And in, in yeah, in, in the divisional round, I don't want. Uh, uh. I don't. Want, I mean. I mean. So then. So then. Okay. And I look. I know we're we're kind of going deep into this, but your running backs, Mark Ingram, Raheem Mostert. Well, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Ingram with the injuries, but I mean, like, it, right? Potentially, oh, uh, uh, Camara. Camara. I mean, yeah, but again, that that is depending on how far you think the Saints can go. I think the Saints <laughs> so, can go to the NFC Championship. Game. So all right. So then Camara. Camara's legit. So legit. But again, the NFL is so freaking weird and unpredictable. Right. You know, like, so you never know. But I just feel like there's teams in each conference that have shown that they are they're better than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I mean, doesn't mean somebody get knocked off. Doesn't mean somebody get it happens all the time. You know, that's why the NFL is is so interesting and frustrating at the same time. If you're a fan and a fantasy owner, because, you know, you think something's going to happen based on what we've seen in the past. And then the next thing you know. It's you know Deshaun Watson scoring nine points against the Bucks. I mean, right. like it, it just that's what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll dig into this later in the week. Yeah. But I, I think I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a mix of Saints, Ravens, and Niners. Yeah. That that seems legit. Um. So there you go. That's that is your entry into the playoff challenge. If you don't know it, jump on in. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not saying that just because I work here, uh, but I do work here. Uh, but also, you know, there's a chance. Look, there's a chance to win Super Bowl tickets, and and that seems pretty awesome. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh. All right. I think that's it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, this is our last show, not only the year, of the decade, our last podcast. Yeah. If your New Year's resolution is to stop procrastinating, think about waiting until next week. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you on Friday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 